Thank you. African Dialogue, a talk show where we cover anything and everything. Time has just gone 11 o'clock here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Ziko Namiso and you are tuned into African Dialogue here. We are currently on the frequency 9625 kilohertz, that is on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. Now today in the show we'll have a lot of young people who will be discussing with us of course about what's underway at the moment, which is of course the One Young World Summit, which is currently underway in South Africa. But before we get into that, let's get an update from Newsdesk with Wisani Makubele. Headlines Gambia pulls out of the Commonwealth, branding it a neocolonial institution. African Union Commission Chairperson says wars and conflict must be a thing of the past in Africa by 2020, and the President of South Sudan has committed to strengthen his country's response to HIV. Good morning. The Gambia has withdrawn its membership from the Commonwealth, branding it a neocolonial institution. The Commonwealth is a 54-member grouping, including Britain and most of its former colonies. The West African nation announced this decision yesterday, but no further reason for the decision was given. Gambia joined the Commonwealth in 1965. There is a history of bad blood between President Yaya Jameh, who came to power in the 1994 coup, and the country's former colonial master. Jameh accuses Britain of begging Gambia's political opposition ahead of the 2011 elections, while Britain has criticized the Gambian government for its poor human rights record, including a series of executions carried out last year. African Union Commission Chairperson Kosazana Dlamini Zuma says wars and conflict must be a thing of the past on the African continent by 2020. She says industrial and social development can only be achieved once there is the silence of the gun. Dlamini Zuma delivered the 14th Steve Biko annual lecture at the University of Cape Town in South Africa last night. She used the occasion to advocate for pan-Africanism in the context of the continent's 50-year growth and development vision called Agenda 2063. Dlamini Zuma says donor funding dependence cannot be the cornerstone towards development. The 50th anniversary summit of the AU in May pledged that by 2020, we shall have silenced the guns on the continent, pledging not to bequeath the burden of conflicts to the next generations of Africans. The South African National Defense Union says it's not surprised by the latest allegations of President Jacob Zuma's involvement in the unauthorized lending of a plane chartered for the Gupta family guests from India. In April, a private jet chartered by the Gupta family carrying over 200 wedding guests landed at the Waterloo Air Force Base in the capital, Pretoria, without following proper proper procedures. A daily newspaper is reporting that a witness has had told the military 
that Zuma met former Chief of State Protocol Bruce Kolwane and asked whether everything was on track for the flight, the National Defence Union Speaker Khriyev says they are vindicated. That is what we as a union has been saying all the time. Obviously, there is now for the first time uh, evidence in the public domain. You're backing up the allegations that we've made or the fact that there's such an allegation under oath. And yes, well, I suppose the affidavit is what it is. The office of the South African president says there is no truth to to reports that President Zuma could be linked to the unauthorized lending of a chartered aircraft by the Gupta family wedding guest. Meg Maharaj is the spokesperson for the presidency. While we would not want to address matters that are being dealt with at the tribunal, we wish to state categorically that there is no truth to the allegation. It is unfounded and based on hearsay. The president of South Sudan, Salva Kiir, has committed to strengthening the country's response to HIV-AIDS. Efforts are in particular needed in scaling up the country's response to HIV. In 2012, an estimated 150,000 people were living with HIV in South Sudan, and just 9% of the people were eligible for treatment under the World Health Organization's 2010 guidelines had access to life-saving antiretroviral therapy. Only 13% of pregnant women living with HIV had access to services to prevent transmission of the virus to their children. Don Bob has more. We won the battle for the independence of South Sudan. We will also win the war against HIV. The president of South Sudan, Salva Kiyumayadit, told UNAID's deputy executive director for program, Louise Loris, in South Sudan's capital, Juba. President Kiyu said, I've made this my priority. I want to keep my people safe at all costs. He reaffirmed his commitment to expand HIV programs in the country. Recapping the top stories, Gambia pulls out of the Commonwealth, branding it a neo-colonial institution. African Union Commission Chairperson Kosazana Dlamini Zuma says wars and conflict must be a thing of the past in Africa by 2020. And the president of South Sudan has committed to strengthen his country's response to HIV. And that's the news for now. Back to Zikonamiso. Well, thank you to Wisani Makubele for that news update here on African Dialogue, bringing the time now to seven minutes after 11. That is, of course, Central African time. And as I promised, we're going to be discussing exactly what's taking place currently at the One Young World Summit, which is underway in South Africa. Now, yesterday, you will remember that it was the kickoff of that particular summit, which is, of course, the largest summit of young people globally. Now, if you'd like to participate on today's show, please do find us on Facebook, on our page there which is of course channel africa or you can tweet us using the handle at channel africa one and the hashtag african dialogue or you're more than welcome to sms your views to plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five that's plus two seven eight two three Three two five nine zero five. Need to catch my breath. I think it's the spirit of the young people that we're going to be talking to, and the energy that they're pulling us, uh, pulling through, um, as they are at that particular summit. Now, delegates at the One Young World Summit have been told that what has been achieved in South Africa with the dismantling of an apartheid system can indeed be replicated across the globe. The conference, which is being held for the first time on African soil, kickstarted last night at the F&B Stadium 
Stadium in South Africa, now boasting an attendance of more than 1,000 young leaders from 190 countries. Now, founded in 2009, uh, founded in 2009, the One Young World Summit is the largest gathering of youth globally. During this time, the delegates debate on a range of pressing issues worldwide. Now, this with the aim of, of course, finding solutions. And these topics that they're looking for solutions for include, among others, education, business, human rights, leadership, sustainable development, and, of course, youth unemployment. Now, we're joined uh, by some of the delegates, as I had promised earlier on from the summit on the show today. They are in a better position, of course, to tell us about what's happening there. Now, joining us on the line, we've got Tribute Mboweni, who's a delegate from South Africa. Good morning, Tribute, and welcome to Channel Africa. Good morning. Hello. Hi, guys. <laughs> also on the line, I, we've got Abdallah Issa, who's a delegate from Chad, who seems very eager. Good morning, uh, Abdallah. This is your <laughs> chance now. <laughs> Abdallah, are you there? Maybe I should answer on his behalf now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thank you for joining us. I do know that you're both on the line there. Uh, the two delegates are actually um, at the at this very moment at the One Young World Summit. I think, first of all, I'm going to ask you, Tribute, can you just tell us what's going on right now as we speak? Oh, it's so exciting. When I stepped out of the conference room, we had... Um, Three, three people on the panel mm-hmm. um, sort of speaking about the issues around food and, 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 and uh, food health and I, I guess people's health around uh, food mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. And we're still waiting for Jamie Oliver, who's supposed to connect with us through Tratilite, to speak about the food revolution, which he runs and has been running for, for quite a number of years now. So it's very exciting. In the morning, we had the education uh, the education plenary session, which just blew me away. Uh, just, you know, I was just thinking now as I was stepping out of the conference room that, you know, just stepping out for two or three minutes feels like I'm missing out on so, so much. Okay, well, it does sound like you're really excited about what's taking place there. Now, we do know, as I mentioned earlier for our listeners, that uh, the proceedings of the summit actually kick-started last night with a huge sort of celebration or welcome for everyone and all the delegates that was, of course, at the FNB Stadium. Now, Abdallah, can you tell us about some of the things that were really stuck out for you last night as you were being welcomed, you know, for the first time on African soil for this summit? Abdallah? Okay, we seem to be having a bit of a problem with Abdallah at this moment, but we will be getting him on the line. Tribute, maybe you can give us a, an indication, you know, of, of the proceedings that took place last night as you are all being welcomed. I mean, the summit being for the first time on the African soil. Yes, the, the welcoming session ceremony was a proudly and truly South African opening ceremony. Mm. Very charged up with a whole lot of uh, energy in the stadium because we were at the, uh, at the, at the um, Soccer City Stadium. And one of the things that stood out for me, we were addressed, as you would know, by Professor Muhammad Yunus, uh, by Kofi Annan, and also by Sir uh, Bob Geldof. And one of the things that stood out for me was when uh, Sir Bob Geldof spoke. He said, you know, he spoke about some of the issues that are, uh, are important in the world right now, uh, issues like climate change, issues... Uh, like environmental uh, challenges that we're facing and also how poverty ties up in, into those issues. And he just spoke about how these issues are so important and yet so attractive and mm. how that makes it 
easiest for them to be ignored and, and so not a lot of action is taken uh, around that and I'm, I'm really passionate about issues of the environment and so mm-hmm. that was very inspiring for me to listen to uh, coming from, from somebody like him. Now on that note, um, Tribute, we do know that you are a founder of uh, Project 23 which of course focuses on environmental issues. Tell us a bit about that and tell us how you actually got to be a participant in this year's summit. Uh, project 23 is a non-profit organization based in, in Pretoria, and it's a project that I founded about three, four years ago when I was still working as, uh, as a field ranger and doing conservation research down on Dutton Island in the Western Cape. And what I wanted to do, because I studied ecotourism and throughout my, my, my studies, a lot of people didn't understand why I wanted to study things about nature, and so I wanted to create a platform where we could um, you know, give information about how it's important for us to take care of mm-hmm. our immediate environment and nature um, in particular. And how I became this year's delegate, I'm actually a returning ambassador, meaning I've participated in a One Young World Summit before. Mm-hmm. I participated in, 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 at, at the summit in Pittsburgh in the USA, um, and I was sponsored by Rain Tree Solutions then. And so being a returning ambassador in the summit being in, in South Africa this year, it was even great that I could participate once again, and I was sponsored by a very lovely gentleman from, from Cape Town, Mr. Patrick West. And so we've been so busy, you know, talking about the summit and, and continuing with, with our project since the well, last summit. Well, we'll talk a little bit more later about um, the positive gains that obviously you can have as somebody who is spearheading, you know, a project of your own and what a summit like this can actually do for your project and your future endeavors, so to speak. The time has just gone 14 minutes after 11 here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. I just want to check, Abdallah, are you on the line? Abdallah, uh, we don't have Abdallah on the line, uh, but I do believe that we've got Danny Bartlett on the line. Danny, are you on the line? I am indeed. Hello. Well, Danny, welcome. Thank you for joining us here on uh, Channel Africa. Now, I mean, we were speaking to uh, uh, to Tribute here, who's been really excited and telling us about all the things that are happening there at the summit as we speak. Now, in your view, I mean, as you came to the summit, the summit is for the first time on African soil. What have you expected? What are your expectations of this particular summit? Well, first off, uh, thank you for having me on the show, and uh, thank you, um, South Africa, for, for whoever's listening. You've got a beautiful country in there. Johannesburg's uh, an amazing place. But um, my expectations, really, uh, for me, are kind of uh, sitting down, engaging, and networking with you know the 1,300 people from all over the world, from the you know 190 countries that have been represented here, um, and just to broaden my um, broaden my views. I you know I come from the United Kingdom. You know we live in quite a, a, a you know, a secure environment. And to be honest, uh, I, I, you know, I want to put myself in a, a position where I can understand what it's like to grow up in other countries like mm-hmm. in South Africa, you know, or what you guys have done recently in terms of development, how the World Cup has affected you. Um, so I am, you know, I'm, I'm literally looking to just make as many uh, connections as possible. And to be honest, make lifelong friends. I've already met some wonderful people from South Africa, some fantastic people from all over the world, from uh, Sri Lanka, the Maldives. And, you know, it's quite striking that outside of uh, the Olympics, this is the largest gathering of, of, of nations in the world. Not even the United Nations has mm-hmm. as many representatives. So mm-hmm. 
for me, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Now, Danny, it is often said that people from abroad, which is, of course, outside of the continent, usually when they come this side, they think they're going to find animals, the big five roaming around. Did you have some of those expectations? Um, what, 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 in South Africa? <laughs> yes. Sorry, repeat that question. Sorry, no, I'm just asking. There's usually a joke that is said about people who come from abroad into the continent, uh, thinking, having expectations that they're going to see the big five roaming in the streets and that kind of thing. Did you have those expectations? <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, there is that there is that element when people say, you know, oh, you're going to Africa, and they see Africa as as one huge country as opposed to actually loads of different individual countries with such different characteristics. Mm-hmm. and different languages and, and different ways of expressing themselves. And for me, no, because I knew that, you know, I, uh, you know I'm, I'm sort of a little bit more um, broader in my experiences and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I know the history of South Africa and, you know, where, where this country has come from after sort of British rule finished. So um, for me, I'm a bit more worldly, but there is, you know, the, the great thing about something like this is that it opens people's eyes to a new South Africa. Mm-hmm. So South Africa that's emerging from a, from a you know, from a, from a, a sort of a violent sort of struggling past. And to be honest, being here in Johannesburg, I can see the development. I can see where, you know, how you guys are making money, how you're, uh, you, you're really getting up there in terms of a, a developed country. And it's so wonderful for me to be able to take my experiences back and educate people in the United Kingdom and further well, afield and just say, look, well, Africa is this vibrant, beautiful place. Um, and South Africa, you know, is, is, is and you know, as a continent, people need to come here and engage with the people because it's got so much to offer. Well, Danny, we can certainly, you know, get a gist from your voice and how you speak that this is indeed a very exciting time uh, for you as you are at the summit at the time. We're going to move to a short break here on African Dialogue. Please do stay on the line. Also, you tribute. Please do stay on the line. We'll carry on with our conversation after this. Okay, no worries. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese and Chinyanja. Informing the world about Africa, Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Well, welcome back to African Dialogue here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. The time has now gone 20 minutes after 11. That is, of course, Central African time. My name is Zikon Amiso, and on the line, I'm joined by very energetic delegates from the One World, um, One Young World uh, Summit, which is, of course, currently underway here in South Africa at this time. If you are a young person from a different part of the continent and, of course, would like to know more about this, you're more than welcome to send your views in the questions that you have by finding us on our fan page there on Facebook or you can tweet us that is at Channel Africa 1 using the hashtag African Dialogue or you can simply SMS your views to plus 27823 
325-905. That's plus 27-823-325-905. Now, at the moment, uh, um, I'm going to go back to you, Tribute. Now, you were talking about, I mean, you had just walked out of a session as you were speaking. Now, which, what sessions have you attended thus far? And I know that uh, there are some upcoming uh, sessions, one including the Knowing Nelson Mandela um, uh, session, which you guys will be having there at the One Young World Summit. Can you just tell us about some of those sessions? And of course, as you um, there are a participant, what focus area are you looking at um, really getting um, information there out there about? Um, this morning we attended the education plenary session and we had guys like Santo Pinar, Diana Lacios, um Emmanuel John, who is a musician and an activist, uh, amongst others. And they were basically the counselors we had for the plenary session and for um, going along with them, we had six delegates this morning telling us about the projects, the community projects that they do um, that are connected to education or that are related to education in their, in their different countries. Mm-hmm. And all sorts of, of, of great projects uh, came up. And it, it's so inspiring to see, you know, uh, young people who are sort of the same, in the same age group as us who are actually doing the work and, and not just having ideal ideas, but actually doing the, the, the dirty work in their community. Mm. And then, um, Danny, I, I suppose you'd also have attended the same uh, education um, conference or session, rather, as uh, uh, Tribute was saying earlier. Danny? Yeah, I mean, is that you? Yeah, yeah, hello. Hello? Yes, you may, you may go ahead. Yeah, really. No, I, um, I, yeah, I was uh, there as well during uh, this morning's kind of plenary session with education. It was, you know, fantastic listening to to how many people are kind of getting active and getting involved. And to be honest, how much of a pressing issue education is around the world. Um, for me, you know, I'm very much looking forward to the special session. You know, knowing uh, Nelson Mandela. Obviously, if you're coming to South Africa, you have to engage in the subject and the person that is Nelson Mandela because everybody knows of him. But sometimes people don't know the full history and what he actually achieved for South Africa. So for me, as uh, someone coming from the United Kingdom, it's very important that I engage with, you know, uh, substance and content around um, you know, Nelson Mandela. But I'm, you know, very much looking forward to, you know, the special session with Kofi, uh, Kofi Annan of the you know, United Nations later on. And then, you know, moving into the second preliminary, which is, you know, human rights, which is a huge issue, I know, in South Africa and all around the world. So, you know, some really good things come from, uh, from, from the first day of conference. Now, Tribute was telling us earlier on that you, this is not the first summit um, that you're attending, that you're a returning ambassador, as you have said. Now, as somebody who's actually attended the summit before, I mean, having the summit now here on African soil, what does that mean to you, number one? And number two, do you think that the, uh, the, the outlook that the summit actually has, it is achieved? I mean, once everything is done and dusted and people move back to their, to their countries, particularly here on the African continent? Um, uh, just to quote something Francis Pinar said this morning uh, during the education plenary session, he said it feels good to be African today, and that's exactly how I feel right now. It feels so good to be hosting uh, 189 other countries in my home soil. So I feel very proud that we are hosting, and I feel very proud that there's thousands of young people who are going to be inspired uh, from my home country today. And, and in the next few days. And um, the One Young World, I've, I've attended quite a number of, of, of summits, and the One Young World, for me, stands out in the fact that 
it brings together young people, not only for now and not only to come through and discuss what they're doing now, but inspiring them to do things beyond and to, uh, to, to create networks which um, allow for the continuation of projects. And if not the continuation, the starting of, of projects, of course, with the support from, from other delegates who have done this before. And Danny, um, as somebody who's also, you know, also an African soul, just speaking very passionately about how you are enjoying this experience of being on the African uh, continent. Um, in terms of the outcomes of the uh, of the summit in itself, what is it? I mean, that you are, are hoping to be taking away from it, moving forward with the plans that you have in the work that you are doing in your country. So, I mean, I, I'm, I work for a company called Telefonica, uh, but I'm here as a, a personal delegate for um, uh, um, a charitable cause called Hands Up Sport, and it's basically trying to break through the, uh, the yawn barrier of politics in a lot of mm. countries. A lot of young people are quite apathetic towards politics, and what we try to do is make it more exciting, creative, and engaging. So what I'm looking to do is open myself up for opinion, um, and asking other delegates from other countries how they um, break through uh, the yawn barriers to communicate things like, uh, you know, youth unemployment, um, you know, the environment, these things that when you say these to young people, a lot of the time they become apathetic, they don't want to listen because they feel like people are preaching to them. So what I'm trying to do is develop an approach that is uh, that is uh, got young people in mind that's, you know, that actually achieves results. So what I want to do is come back from um, from here, go back to the UK um, and, you know, uh, apply some of those things that I've learned here to try and uh, try and see what other people do around the world to get young people engaged in their own pro- um, projects. Because I think, especially as uh, someone from the United Kingdom, sometimes we can do things and we think the, the way that we do, do, do them are the right ways, but they're really not. I think that, you know, there's a lot for, for Westerners, a lot for, for, for people, especially from the UK, to learn from people from other parts of the world, because to be honest, they have more struggles than sort of countries like the UK, and they've developed better skills to cope with them. So, you know, that's what I'm looking to do. Now, talking about those struggles that Danny is uh, talking about in various um, parts of the world, now, um, a tribute, there are a number of, of topics that have been placed, you know, as part of the debate, which as delegates you'll be having around um, uh, the, the table at the summit. Now, and some of those, they include education. Of course, as you mentioned earlier on, that you're coming from an education uh, session, business, human rights, leadership, sustainable development, and youth unemployment. Now, which focus area of interest do you really have? And what recommendations do you have in terms of improving on the uh, the issues that uh, we have on this continent around these these topics? Um, the two most important um, uh, um, focus areas that I will be looking at or that I'm, I'm totally interested in uh, one, education and sustainable development, obviously, um, because I'm involved in, in issues of conservation and environmental uh, responsibility. And my contribution is, like, you know, drawing from what the, Bob Gedolf said yesterday, these issues tend to be very unattractive. And so I hope we can walk away from the summit with a solution to make them more attractive to not only the young people but the older generation as well and to make them central in our education system because we we exist within nature on an everyday basis and so we need to be aware of it and we need to be responsible for it on an everyday basis. So I think that education and sustainable development should tie in together and it actually does tie in together in, in one way or the other.
Well, that is tribute in Boweni. They're highlighting the need for solutions when it comes to improving on the education uh, uh, system and, of course, sustainable development on the African continent. She is also at the One Young World Summit with Danny Bartlett, who is a delegate from the United Kingdom. Time has just gone 27 minutes after 11 here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Zikon Amisa, and we're doing this until the top of the hour. We're going to move to a short break, and when we come back, we're going to ask Danny what his focus areas are going to be at this summit. Do not go away. Stay with us. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective, listen to Channel Africa in English, Kiswahili, French, Silozi, Portuguese, and Chinyanja. Informing the world about Africa. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Welcome back to African Dialogue here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. My name is Zikona Muso, and time has just gone uh, 30 minutes after 11. That is, of course, Central African time. And do remember that at this very moment, we are on the frequency 9625 kHz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. And if you're one of those people who are listening in and who are really interested in some of the deliberations that we're having on the show today, please do send your sentiments through or your questions, or if you disagree, agree with some of the things that our guests are saying this morning please do find us on facebook on our fan page there channel africa or you can tweet us at channel africa one using the hashtag african dialogue hashtag african dialogue or you can sms your views to plus two seven eight two three three two five nine zero five remember to check our website from time to time that is of course on www.channelafrica.org there you'll be able to find out exactly some of the things that are under our are going on here at Channel Africa and of course if we have competitions and stuff like that you might be one of those people who can win something so do go and visit our webpage I'll repeat that it is www.channelafrica.org now uh, Danny before we went into that short break I promised that we would also also ask you I mean uh, Tribute just uh, told us that her focus things her main focus really is education and sustainable development in terms of finding uh, solutions to these problems now, in your view, what are your focus areas as you have come to the summit uh, this year? My focus area really is leadership. I mm. think leadership is a word that when you say it, um, I think young people um, all over the world think that, you know, they look at leaders like Nelson Mandela, uh, Barack Obama, mm. and they think, oh, that's quite unachievable to be someone of that great stature. But to be honest, leadership doesn't have to be something that, you know, you're leading an entire movement or a country. You can lead in your own small little ways. Mm-hmm. So for me, uh, I think one of the things that I'm very passionate about is how people do that. If, if you know, when they, when they grow up in, in tyranny, when they grow up in poverty, uh, grow up, you know, not having food in their bellies, you know, regularly, but people still find it in their hearts to feel impassioned and to actually lead. I, you know, I wish I had that determination and I want to know what that feels like to, to wake up in the morning having a lot of hardships against you, but still leading and, and being selfless and putting yourself, uh, you know, not putting yourself first 
than actually doing something for someone else. And I think that what I've heard here today, already within the first two hours, that people are coming from countries and environments of, of, of such hardship, yet they find it within themselves to, uh, to, to say, no, I'm not going to wake up every morning. This isn't going to be the norm. This isn't going to be the rest of my life. I'm going to feel empowered and take action and do something. Um, and again, from the United Kingdom, it's something that I haven't had to, to deal with. So to tap into that mindset and to understand how people uh, get the will to fight on is, is something that I'm very passionate about. Now, um, yesterday here on African Dialogue, because we discuss African issues, we had um, delegates from a conference which they had earlier this week where they met with Africa heads of mission here in South Africa who just highlighted uh, some of the focus areas within the continent. Now, Tribute, I'm going to pose this question to you. I mean, one of the, the, the people that we had um, here yesterday, Mr. Malcolmson, who is with NEPAD, was highlighting that actually the future of Africa belongs to the young people. Now, you're one of those young people and I think the issue of youth unemployment then becomes uh, comes into the spotlight as it always does now earlier you will remember that um, last week we had the tragedy in Kenya uh, at the Westgate Mall where um, over 69 people uh, de- were killed you know at an attack there and most people you know speculating that uh, the members of the said attackers in this regard the Al-Shabaab are, you, are, are, are believed to be a young people who really do not um, who don't see much of a future for themselves, who don't have any prospects for or any sort of um, movement in the right direction. Now, in your view, as a young African, what needs to be done to deal or tackle with this youth unemployment scourge? I think um, our youth, and me included, we have a lot of enthusiasm and we have a lot of energy. And what needs to be done is it needs to be channeled in, in, in the right direction and in the, in the positive light. Uh, what I personally think is that uh, there's so much that can be done in Africa and we have so many opportunities, but there have been previously certain industries that are sort of highlighted as being the main and if you're not in that industry, then you are not as cool as the others. And so I think that there needs to be more awareness about a whole lot of opportunities that are out there and we also need to focus not only on um, academically able uh, youth, but also um, who, are, who are practically able, because we are not all gifted in the same way. Someone who might not be able to, to get a distinction in the subject might be able to, to excel in other things that they can do with their hands. So we need to, to broaden our, our horizon and, 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 make, and, and sort of make it known to our youth that there's so much that they can do with, with what's available to them. Mm. Now, Danny, you were speaking about leadership being one of your real focus areas. Now, in your view, what is the role of leadership when it comes to dealing with this youth unemployment problem? And, I mean, you can tell us maybe is it uh, – we do know that, I mean, Africa suffers a lot in terms of this youth unemployment um, issues. What's the situation like in the U.K.? And what role how can leadership play in terms of turning the situation around? Um, youth unemployment is a huge issue everywhere. Um, and, you know, it, it's one thing that binds us really as one global issue. Um, we have 24, 24, nearly a quarter actually of all young people across Europe um, and even up to 50% in places like Spain of youth unemployment. The problem is that when you have people that, uh, when you have young people that have invested time in education and think that they're going to make um, themselves, you know, uh, they're, they're going to lay a path 
path in their careers and then those kind of aspirations are, are, are failing and they can't they can't get a job the problem is their self-worth disappears and the problem is they become vulnerable at that point and very open to influence by sometimes you know bad people or, or, or you know addiction or you know because they don't understand why it is that their aspirations aren't being fulfilled mm. so leadership is crucial um, uh, to, 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 to step forward and, and help young people out of this and the problem is that governments a lot of the time aren't in a position to help the millions of people that need this so leadership needs to come from the home it needs to come from parents it needs to come from support and loved ones um, and again people some people don't have the luxury of having a loving family but you know, I think leadership in groups, leadership in friends, and taking emotional leadership as well. It's not just leadership of grabbing someone and saying, hey, follow me, we're going to get through this. Yeah. But, you know, opening yourself up to someone. You know, sometimes human contact, even a conversation, can be uh, uh, such a fantastic thing mm-hmm. and bring someone out of such a dark place that they're in. So, again, let's, let's try and break through these conventional notions of leadership. They're not just about people leading from the forward. Sometimes it's the smallest thing, even a conversation that can help someone, a young people especially, who is unemployed. Well, that is Danny Barlett reiterating that leadership is multifaceted. It is not one-dimensional. He is a delegate from the UK at the One Young World Summit currently underway here in South Africa. Also on the line, we've got Tribute Mboweni, who's a delegate from South Africa, who are, of course, the host for this year's summit. Now, Tribute, for somebody who's listening to the show at this very moment, you know, who's thinking to themselves, oh, my word, I'm also passionate about, you know, similar issues that we are discussing on the show today. And I'm also a young person who know who wants to impact in a certain way how would you then advise them to go about uh, the right direction in terms of also finding themselves at the at the next summit that uh, one young world will be having okay for people who want to participate in the next summit they can go to oneyoungworld.com mm-hmm. and they need to register as delegates but then they need to be confirmed uh, depending on, on what actions they're taking in their in their respective countries and what sort of project they're involved in, and then they would need to acquire sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would advise people to, to just go out there. Don't just use um, your, your, your ability to connect to the Internet for, for things that will not benefit you in the end. Um, go and visit the website, register, and connect with, with other young people from all over the world. Now, uh, you might just get to uh-huh. Yes, I was just going to ask um, about the, the criteria. I mean, you said that one would have to register and then obviously explain what kind of work you are doing. What sort of, of, of work are we talking about um, and the projects? I mean, we know that you are doing a specific project. Does one have to be involved in a project? What is it that they're looking for? Most, most delegates who are concerned, delegates who are here, um, uh, people who are involved, who are running organizations and, and small projects in their communities mm-hmm. in all sorts of sectors, whether it's ed- education, um, environment, media, and all sorts of, of, of others. Um, you, a person can read from other delegates' profiles and, and, and see just the, the variety of, of people you have um, in, at, at the summit. And that's the beauty of One Young World, because then it brings people from different sectors and you sort of see how these these sectors can connect with each other and, and assist each other. 
Okay, that is a tribute in Bowenia delegate from South Africa just giving you all the tips and the advice and exactly what you need to do to also become a participant here on uh, the at the One Young World Summit, the oncoming one, of course. Now, we here on African Dialogue like to assist you in any way that we can, so please do contact us, SMS us if you're still unclear about something that is to plus 27-823-325-905. That's plus 27 325 Also on the line, we've got Danny Barlett, who is a delegate from the UK, also talking about how excited he is to be on African soil and, of course, experience it for what it really is. Now, at this moment, I'd just like to thank you both for really joining us um, on today's show. We appreciate the time that you've been able to give us and, of course, sacrificing those few minutes to actually break away from the summit in itself. And just as your closing remarks, I'd just like to ask you, I mean, when you get back to your country or when you get back to uh, the normality or the flow of things, what's the first thing you're going to do and what are you hoping to take away from the summit in the end? Danny, I'm going to start with you. Yep, so me, sorry, yep, what I'm going to do is I've been filming quite a lot um, here um, using uh, a GoPro camera, so just taking small little snippets of what's been happening, and I'm just going to watch the footage back and kind of, you know, take a deep breath and reflect on, you know, some of the great people that I've met, some of the good things that I've done, and then I'm going to I'm going to edit that, and I'm going to send it to, uh, to One Young World and just, you know, like I said, show them my experiences and, and, and you know, and what I've kind of learned from it, because I think that if we all do that, if the 1,300 delegates leave here, they you know, they can't stop there. They, they, you know, Bob Geldof said yesterday that, you know, the leadership, we're, we're all young leaders, we're doing things, but we're, leadership really starts when we leave here and we go home. That's when we have to act. So for me, I'm going to go back and try and honour that uh, that comment that Sir Bob Geldof said. I'm going to go back and hopefully through some of the content that I produce, um, I can inspire people to, to, to want to get involved in summits like that. Well, Danny, please do share some of that stuff with us here. I mean, we can uh, put some of the links on our website as well so that we can also get a closer look at as to exactly what was going on over there. But we will keep in contact. Thank you very much for joining us. Also, um, a tribute, just Thank your you. closing remarks. I learned from last year's summit that it was important for me to have a recorder with me. So I brought my recorder <laughs> with me this time around. Mm-hmm. And so I've been taking uh, sound clips of, of the plenary sessions and all the speeches from the delegates. And what I tend to do is to make transcripts of, of the speeches and create a, a PowerPoint presentation mm-hmm. with all the pictures from the summit and, and the work that other delegates are doing and, of course, putting their quotes and, and, and their speeches as, as a part of that PowerPoint presentation and mm. to be able to share it with other youth groups that we, that we work with and other youth groups that we're going to work with in the future. And also one of the most important things for me is to connect with other South African uh, projects and I've connected with a few already that we can partner with in Project 23 in, in all the other projects that mm. we do. Most importantly, seeking funding for the project and, and creating a bigger footprint um, for, for the project. Well, definitely young people here joining us on the show because they are being very proactive with using their technology as well to make the summit last for them and, of course, saving um, everything that it is that they are receiving there at the summit. Thank you very much, Tribute and Danny, for joining us on the show. We really do appreciate it. And uh, please go back to your sessions. Thank you very much for joining us.
Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you. That was Danny Barlett, a delegate at the One Young World Summit, a delegate from the UK, as well as tribute to Mboweni, a South African delegate there. For you who wants more information around uh, this particular uh, project and you want to be involved, uh, tribute there saying, go to www.oneyoungworld.com. There is where all your information will be. And I think befitting to today's uh, topic, I'm going. we're going to treat you to a song now, uh, which is, of course, by USA for Africa. This one is called We Are the World. Enjoy. That's very humble note there after um, that song by USA for Africa called We Are the World. It is time now for our economics update here on African Dialogue with the one and only Tabiso Lehuko. The U.S. dollar has sagged to an eight-month low today as the U.S. government shut down drags on with no end in sight. However, share markets found solace in expectations that major central banks might now have to keep monetary policy super loose for longer. Also helping sentiment is an upbeat survey on China's huge services sector. An antidote to a disappointing report on manufacturing early in the week. The dollar resilience is impressive, given that a meeting between U.S. President Barack Obama and congressional leaders produced nothing but blame and counterblame, dimming hopes of an early end to the budget impasse. Mine workers have met in various empaths shaft in Rustenburg in South Africa's northwest province while talks resumed today to seek an end to the strike. The strike brought most of the operations of Anglo-American platinum to a standstill. Workers downed tools last Friday and protested Amplet's plans to cut jobs. Dial Khaizewe reports. 
The second round of talks are continuing after two parties that locked to end the forced retrenchment after a two-day meeting. Mine operations at Anglo-American Platinum Amplets are affected as talks to seek to end labor unrest is ongoing. Trade union AMCU members are continuing to meet in all Amplets operations both in Rustenburg and in Limpopo, waiting to get feedback from AMCU leadership. The strike action in the South African motor component sector could end at the end of this week. The parties in dispute met last weekend with the employer presenting a new wage offer. The details of the new offer are yet to be made public. Workers have been on strike for over three weeks demanding better wages. They are demanding a 12.5 salary increase while the employer is offering 7.5%. Edwin Nsidi reports. NUMSA was due to hold a special meeting to get feedback on the latest wage offer from striking workers in the motor component sector. But the meeting could not go ahead because other regions requested for an extension. SABC understands that the latest offer put on the table by the employers is close to what workers are demanding. Yesterday, National Association of Automobile Manufacturers said car component companies are suffering huge losses as a result of the strike, blaming the workers for financial losses. But the union hit back, saying the employers have themselves to blame. South African Trade and Industry Minister Rob Davies says while broad-based black economic empowerment was initially not effective nationally, it has been a success. This was according to research done by the Triple BEE, which is aimed to empower South African black businesses and citizens who were previously disadvantaged due to apartheid. The system has been in place in the country for the past 10 years. Emerald miner Jem Field has reported a 42% drop in revenue as it had to delay a rough emeralds auction by a month following a directive by the Zambian government. Jem Fields reported a pretext loss of $23 million for the year ending June 30th compared with a profit of $161.5 million a year earlier. This is higher marketing expenses. Gemfields sold a little over half a million carats of rough stones at his first high-quality emerald auction in Lusaka, Zambia, raking in $31.5 million. The U.S. dollar trades at 10.9 South African rands at 8.47 Botswana Pulas. At 5.29 Zambian Guachas, it's also trading at 0.61 British Pound at 0.73 Euro. Looking at commodities now, platinum trades at $1,390.25 and gold $1,318.92 an ounce. Brand accrued $108.53 a barrel. Economics update. Thank you to Tabiso Lehuku for that economics update. It is now time for our sports update with Figile Fix Lingwati. In our sports update this hour, we're kicking off with football news. English Premiership side Manchester United conceded a late goal as it drew one all with Shakhtar Donetsk 
in their Champions League Group A match last night, but manager David Moyes is content with the result. United missing the injured Wayne Rooney, but with Robin van Persie back in attack, went ahead after 18 minutes when Marouane Fellaini pulled the ball back for Danny Welbeck to step home from close range. This matchup was Manchester United's first visit to Donbass Arena and only the second appearance in the Champions League group stage for new manager David Moyes. Two teams who have started the group, group well. Uh, difficult place to come and play in, in Shakhtar. Uh, very experienced coach. But uh, I'm looking forward to it. We'll be looking for a, a balance of experience and youth. And that's what we'll be looking to try and do. We'll be trying to use and introduce y- uh, new young players at the right times. But also uh, rely a lot on the, the great experience many of the players have at Manchester United. Uganda national women's soccer team officials will have ample time to prepare the under-20 team for their next 2014 World Cup qualifier due in December. Uganda was due to take on Egypt in the first round of the qualifiers later this month, but the North Africans pulled out for unclear reasons, paving the way for Uganda to advance to the second round. Uganda are in the second round with Ivory Coast, Equatorial Guinea, Ghana and Guinea-Bissau. The matches are the qualifiers for the 2014 World Cup Finals, which will be held in Canada. Only countries will win and represent the the continent in Canada next year. And the the newly elected leadership of the South African Football Association, SAFA, will decide the future of the national team's coaches, including that of Bafana Bafana head coach Gordon Egerson. SAFA President Denny Jordan says all the coaches will have to submit their reports and detail their successes, failures and challenges. He says planning for the future will be determined by these reports. The fact of the matter is that once we finalize our plans, uh, we must have an evaluation, as I've indicated to you, not just of Gordon Yesson, of all of our coaches and all of our plans, and we said even of our staff. I've just raised uh, the issue earlier that uh, the staff must bring plans that speaks to the targets. You cannot have a target of 15,000 coaches but not have a plan that uh, supports that target. We have to have the conversation with all of the coaches and make the evaluation. They will report to us why they succeeded or failed to succeed, uh, where were the omissions, what is it that needs strengthening. On to basketball. Charles Saunders, wheelchair basketball of South Africa, director of operations, says the South African Nationals' main senior basketball team is ready to take part in the upcoming World Championships qualifiers in Angola. Saunders says the players have been taking part in the ongoing Vodacom Wheelchair Basketball National Challenge at the Mandeville Indoor Center in Johannesburg as part of the preparations for the qualifiers. Hopefully we will take the championship of, of Africa and we will represent um, the continent in South Africa in Korea in 2014 for the World Championships. They've been in training for uh, the last 15 months. Um, as soon as they came back from the Paralympics, we identified where the problems were, where the faults were um, in our training programs. Preparation could be a lot better than what we've actually had. Funding has always been a problem um, when we come to these types of championships. But at the end of the day, uh, the coaches have done what they need to do. The players have done what they need to do to prepare. And we're up against some of the strongest teams in Africa, which is Morocco, Algeria, Egypt, Angola, Nigeria. So, yes, it's a challenge ahead, and, and the boys are going to be very focused. 
That's your Sport News this hour. Thank you, Figile, for that sports update. And with that, it does bring us to the end of this week's installment of African Dialogue. Please be sure to send us your messages through Find Us on Facebook, tweet us at Channel Africa 1, and follow us on Twitter. That is at Channel Africa 1. I promise we will follow back. <laughs> or you can use the hashtag African Dialogue, or you can simply SMS us to plus 27823. 325905. Now, do you remember that African Dialogue comes to you every Monday to Thursday at 1100 hours Central African time? From me, Zakona Miso. It's adios until next week. Next up is Africa Midday with Benjamin Mushadama.
Special vacation. 